If you ever wondered what happened if the Backstreet Boys grew up and decided instead of being pop stars or coming back 20 years later and being geriatric pop stars, they decided to be hitmen, hilarious hitmen. Well, popcorn talkers, do we have the answer for you as we cover on today's special 420 episode of Guilty Movie Pleasures, The Big Hit. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasure. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're laughing about that uh, imperfect opening. <laughs> that was probably the most perfect opening I've ever done in the, in the time that we've had to do official openings on this show. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all appropriate ages to have seen this film, <laughs> welcome to Guilty Movie Pleasures as we talk the 1998 Cinema classic, the big hit, on um, as Cameron mentioned, 420. 420. Um, yeah, not that I partake really. No, in that. it's uh, it makes that's why we chose. I have no problem with weed at all, but I don't. Anytime I have done it, I just fall asleep, or I get very uh, hung. I, I eat a lot, or I just sit there like. And that's, just stare at it. people. I think that's it. I just become a shell of myself. Anyways, enough about that. Enough about 420. I am your host, Ben Begley, at the Ben Begley. And with me, as always, Cameron, where, where can they find you? Uh, at the only camshaft on Twitter and yes. Instagram machine. I got to say, I'm very excited about this one. This is the first time I ever I saw this movie. That. Well, you were like six years old when this came out, I'm I sure. was uh, in age, and it was I was eight. Um, wow! And uh, I regret not seeing it as an eight-year-old, to be honest, yep. because it was so much fun to watch. It's a, it's a, you know, I was how old was I? Sixteen. I was sixteen at the time when I saw it. I was double your age, and I remember I saw this in theaters, and then I bought the VHS, then I bought it on DVD, and then I bought it on Blu-ray, which I forgot to bring it today. What an asshole I am! But I loved this movie when I saw it. I thought it was ridiculous, and um, I'd never really seen. Uh, the hitman genre done in such a hilarious, lighthearted way. No, not at all. That I not at all because there's moments where you're like, oh, this is this is a serious hitman movie, and then it just goes off the rails. And there's uh, you know, uh, s- seemingly upbeat, sublime song as a dog is tearing apart a trash can full of body parts, and a young Asian woman is hobbling around as she's been kidnapped by Marky Mark. I want to see if the soundtrack's available. You, because it, it is... It is 90s I gold. I don't even know what to describe it as. I think it's a perfect soundtrack for 420 festivities for people out there. Because And, and it, encaps, it could be a time capsule. It could be something that you could send up into space and say, this is what 1996 to 1997... Yeah. You know, 95 to 98, this is what it was like. It was terrible it was music. Pretty bad. pretty bad. But I love... There was another... What was the other movie that we covered recently where the soundtrack was exactly like this. Oh. Where there was just really randomly placed like loud guitar riffs and Well, I mean Maximum Overdrive was all loud A C D C out of Maximum nowhere. Overdrive but that's, is that certainly, was amazing. But one of the other ones I'll have to think about it for a second, but ah uh, It's so good. So what's your so, so when I first saw it, I, I thought it was really funny. I remember thinking like uh that Mark Wahlberg was just like such a a little whiny at the time, but still, I thought the action scene. I do remember thinking the action scenes were super badass, and I watch them now, and they're ridiculous. They're yeah. not. They're not that great, um, but it's they're very fun. simple choreography. They're fun as hell, and they're completely absurd. Like 
when he rolls down, we'll get to it, but when he rolls down the railing and the guy with the machine gun's like, I can't hit you! If only I had the foresight to just aim further down the railing! The railing... Oh, so good. I, well, at first, I didn't see his feet. I oh, thought yeah. it was just him doing that on his head. He had a I lot was of, like, God damn, you're limber! He had a lot of like breakdancing meets skateboarding. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff like that. Gunning um, technique. It, this, makes, this makes Desperado, Antonio Banderas' character in Desperado's shooting techniques look realistic. Can you imagine if the two were to come together oh as God. one? If Melvin, if Melvin Smiley, which is his name, Mark Wahlberg's character's name, Melvin Smiley and Despera- and El Mariachi teamed up, that might be the perfect movie. I'm just saying. I'm a little afraid to keep talking about it on the air because I somebody's going to steal it. Somebody's going to steal this. So, what did you think of it uh, being the first time you've ever seen My it? My God, I loved it. I again, based off of the name, like Maximum Overdrive was the same way. Based off of the name, I expected something else entirely. The yeah. big hit. I thought it was only going to be this hitman movie, like we've seen so far or so many times in the past. And it's Maximum almost Overdrive not even, is the same way. It's not even about that almost. And it's almost nothing about that. Um, I love Mark Wahlberg in it, I, even though he is just the whiniest little bitch in the world. I did forget to mention the greatest character ever, Cisco, a.k.a. Lou Diamond yes. Phillips. This is the most fun I've ever seen Lou Diamond Phillips have on screen in anything. Oh, 100%. And he is awesome in it this. It took me a while to recognize him because yeah, he does like a lot of sci-fi shows yeah, and stuff yeah, now. Yeah. So I was like, uh, that's him? Yeah. Um, but yeah. The, He's got that so many one silver of, tooth. Yeah. And that awesome shirt that almost looks like a body tattoo because it's yes. so tight. It's ridiculous, man. Um, but yeah, I love so much of the dialogue. I I love Marky Mark being just whiny as hell. I think and that, like this nicest hitman. I'm sorry about so I'm sorry kind. about your boyfriend, but he was being kind of rude when he shoots the guy that's basically about to sexually assault. Uh, uh, her name in the movie is Keiko. Keiko, yeah. Keiko but her real name's China Chow. <laughs> Which I thought was a dog food. Oh, man. Um, but yeah. I hope that's her birth name and not a stage name, because anyone who would choose China Chow... This was the first movie. It is movie. her birth name, because... Tina Chow, right? No, it's China Chow. No, but uh, who's their mom? Oh, uh, I don't know who the mom is. She was a pop singer or something. The, her dad is Michael Chow, the uh, famous restaurateur. Look at that. Look at that. Maybe he just wanted his daughter to sound like a delicious dish. Yes. Ah, China Chow. She's adorable in this. This was the first thing China Chow has ever been in. She's great. And she's been in a few things since. Yeah. But uh, I think for never acting before, I've seen way worse. She does a good job. She's charming. She's cute. She doesn't have a lot to work with. She's pretty much just like a damsel in distress most of the movie and then makes out really grossly with the... Mark Wahlberg and her make out in the end, and it looks like they're about to, like, Mark's about to eat. I like that I called him Mark, like, as if me and Mark, <laughs> Man, when Mark when Mark and I were talking yeah. about it, he and I are buds, you know, <laughs> uh, when we were hanging out after the Lone Survivor screening, and I was like, Mark, good job, man. But really, I want to talk about the big hit. It looked like you were eating China Chow's face during that. Like, he just is, like, really, consuming yeah. the upper part of her lip. Yeah. It's very unnerving. That's what my first guess looked like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I loved it. I mean, I love when a movie makes choices 
100% in one direction. Mm-hmm. Instead of this going, does. hey, it'd be, pretty, it'd be kind of cool if Mark uh, was kind of whiny, and then he kind of does it. No. They go to the, yep. they go to town on it, and I, I like when people Every single character's make a choice, and make choice it in this is super bold and crazy. Like, yeah. even their boss is the most overt bad guy hitman boss ever, where he's like, hey. Captain Cisco. We're going to, everybody's going to. Here's your money, and he's chewing on the cigarette and all that. Yeah, he's got the coolest voice ever. I really confused myself because I uh, wrote down Cisco in my notes, and because of Captain Cisco, because he plays Captain Cisco in Deep Space Nine. Oh, and I, I'm gonna be confused. Now you're gonna, gonna be, be confused, confused the whole time. I get it. Uh, not to be confused with the thong song singer as well. Right? <laughs> yeah, Cisco. well, yeah. I mean, naturally. Thong, 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 Let's I do this. Let's do this on the thong song note. Let's do this three minute under three minute plot synopsis yes. thing. Let's try and let's try and bang this out. <laughs> See what I did there? Because they're oh. hitting. Oh, oh, I hated the, the big joke. bang. The big bang. So are we ready? Are we ready there in the boot sack? Oh yeah. We're you start this one. All bang. right. In three. Wait. Let me remember what. Oh, okay. Now, <laughs> in now, three. Now I remember what happened. Okay. In three, two. One. So in the beginning of the movie, we have um, the Antonio Sabato Jr. I forget his name in the movie, and Melvin Mark Wahlberg. There, he's like, "Hey, here's some here's some dead bodies. I need you to take care of this. Is this Sammy the Bolt? No, it's Sammy the Knife. Oh, all right." So then Mark Wahlberg starts dumping it in the tub, and you see these hot heels coming up, and he's about to start like I, I don't know disposing of the body somehow yeah. or cleaning it somehow. And then uh, his girlfriend, oh, what's her name? Who cares? We'll I get to it. I don't even remember, but she comes in demanding comes in all like, kinds oh, of money. Oh, you owe me twenty five thousand dollars, motherfucker. Yeah. She's real rude. Yeah, she's horrible. And then how does Mark Wahlberg deal with this after saying, like, oh, baby, oh, I'm sexually frustrated. Why won't you give me any? Because we got cock by a dead man in the shower. He goes and does this gymnastics montage that's, that's right. really amazing. Then all four dudes are in the locker room just bare ass, and we learn that Bokeem Woodbine's character, <laughs> Crunch <laughs> is his name, just just jerked off for he's the first time, and hands. he's in love with his hands. Literally, he's like, oh, I love you, babies. I miss you both. Oh, and, my and God. The whole re- that's the whole rest of the movie just summed up. He talks about jerking <laughs> off the rest of the movie. Then um, they go to their first hit where they go to take out this mob guy, you guess. They don't really know. There's just a photo, and they get in the elevator. They're all dressed as construction workers, and then they basically make Mark Wahlberg do everything. Yeah, they're sitting outside the door. They're going, hey, yeah, we'll come in there and help you. And Mark is really going to town, which is kind of surprising for a whiny guy. Uh, They get a bonus for killing the mob boss, so he kills a mob boss. And we fast forward to a scene where they're all talking to the boss, who I don't even remember his name. I'll call him Cisco, even though that's completely (laughs) not correct. Uh, He says, hey, you get the bonus, uh, Mark. You did it. You did it, Melvin. And uh, what's his face? Cisco. Cisco. The real Cisco. That Cisco says, no, it was me. He said, no, I he shot him. The money. Which all his friends uh, go along with it. They're all assholes They're a bunch about of dicks. it. So then uh, Melvin goes home and he we meet his uh, we uh, we meet his girlfriend or his fiance, his fiance, Christina Applegate. That's right. And she's kind of a gold digger too. So you're like, wait, he's cheating on her. But then you're like, she's kind of not that great either. Then her in-laws are coming into One town minute. while he's trying to hide the dead body, put it into trash bags and all that good stuff. Big top video calls and they're like, oh, Melvin Smiley, you have pay. King Kong lives out on video. We need you to return. It. Yeah. And so then they find out that he's got all this financial issues. Both women need money from him. So they're like, all right, we're going to do this kidnapping. So they go kidnap this girl, this Asian girl, uh, played by China Chow. That's turns right. out, because they think, oh, it's the daughter of this filmmaker. He's super rich. We'll get a lot of money from him. And then it turns out he made this movie called Taste the Golden Spray. That's right. It totally tanked. 
basically a lot of long love stuff with. Do you want to take any of that? I don't uh, know yeah, what to yeah, do. Yeah, uh, so they have a lot of love stuff yeah. and uh, 30 seconds. Uh, oh, shit. Let's have your uh, brain explode this week. Okay, let's have my brain explode. So essentially, they find out it's the goddaughter of what's his name? Yep. Who, uh, Bad guy is Hitman Cisco's boss. pulling a quick one on Marky Mark. 20 seconds. He's uh, saying, hey. Uh, <laughs> so then Cisco take basically, it, Cisco basically frames his buddy Gump, kills him, then he turns everybody against Melvin, thinking that he's the one who kidnapped the goddaughter. That's There's right. a big shootout in the end. He breaks up with the fiance, gets to together with China Chow. He returns the video, and then they make it scot-free, and all the bad guys are like, where'd he go? He's dead. No, we're going off into the sunset. Man, I got stuck on that one. It's tough. It's tough. I got stuck on that one. You know, because realistically, this movie is basically two action scenes and and, and a bunch of comedy in between. So it's, it's a hit in the beginning on the random mob boss that we know nothing about, and then it's the... You kidnap my goddaughter, we're all gonna kill you. Melvin? Melvin, all oh, the humanity. When when Lou Diamond Phillips gives his great speech, and yes. he's like, he's like, Melvin's the one who did it? Oh, oh, he was like a brother to me, and he really does this great overacting bit. And then they all show up. I love that all the hitmen have minivans. Like, yeah, really they're all driving Chrysler Town and Country. Super shitty minivans. What the shit? Like they all invest in something a little I mean, bit better. In their defense, there are a lot of them. You know, there are a yeah, lot of hitmen, and it, it's it's an economy vehicle. Suburbans? It's an economy vehicle where you can fit a lot of dudes with guns. Did you notice, I'm skipping around a bit, but did you notice <laughs> in the scene where they first introduce all these random, faceless, nameless hitmen, all of them are sweating profusely. There's like a, it looks like the uh, Coolio's Gangster's Paradise video. They're just standing there and just sweat pouring down their face. You know they're nervous. They're nervous. They're nervous. They know that they're going to get into a yep. van that is just very precariously built. Yep. And they're and scared. face sudden death because yes. Melvin is the man. So let's break this movie down. The man, question mark. Let's break this movie down. Let's do it. So we start off the movie. And it, you know what? This, this kind of weirdly reminded me of, uh, in terms of tone, a gross point blank. Although gross point blank is a far better film. But even the shootout in the kitchen and stuff like that, it reminded me of gross point blank with John Cusack. Yeah. And, um, but I, I love the beginning even where, uh, God, what is his name? Find out, Zach, find out what Antonio Sabado's, Sabado Jr.'s character's name is. Do you have it? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to call it. Um, anyway, the so he's like, I got that thing this weekend. I got the thing, you know, the whole time. Vince. It's Vince. That's right, Vince. So Vince and Melvin, Antonio Sabado Jr., Sabados? Whatever. Who cares? Antonio and, uh, I was right. uh, Sabado. Sabado, I was right. Yeah. Junior, yeah. You're right. So Ian and Melvin, Mark Wahlberg, are, he's dropping off these... Bags of bodies, right? Yeah. And then Mark Wahlberg's going to, I guess, throw them in his trunk or something, and then it's leaking blood, and he's like, oh, Vince, you got the the shitty, loose, uh, like, uh, thin bags, so then he gets the hefty (laughs) bags. I guess his goal is to clean up the blood a little bit, because he puts it in the tub, and you think he's going to, like, pour something on it to make it dissolve. Kind of like a Breaking Bad thing. Yeah, like a Breaking Bad thing. And it doesn't happen. He just re-puts them in sturdier bags, and, and leaves then leaves them for the period of a couple. Di- it seems like this movie takes place over at least two days. Oh, a hundred percent or more. The, yeah, absolutely. In California in the summer, Freaking and smells. It, it, these dead body, chopped up dead body parts, mind you. Not even just a cadaver just rotting. We're talking about <laughs> organs, veins, yeah. blood. All that starts to stink. Blood smells. Bad after it's that sounds weird. Like I know everything on the human body smells smells, bad when it's dead. Yes, you know I thought he was gonna put like a pine scent air freshener in there with something. Something. How does they? How does no one notice this? That's what I don't understand. So we get that intro first, and then 
uh, we get his girlfriend. What's his girlfriend's name in it? I can't remember. Sorry, you have the, which you one? Have the, or the girlfriend, the, not the fiance. Right? Not the fiance. The really uh, rude da, da, one. Da, da, oh, da, she's da. so mean in this movie. Da, 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 da. She's so mean. So she comes up and she's like, Chantel. Chantel. That's right. She's like, "Where's my money, motherfucker?" And you're like, "Whoa! All right." That she's, alone, right there. I'm I'm screaming at the screen because I feel for this guy. Yeah, you're like, dude, Mark. Dude, you don't owe her anything, man. What do you owe her for, by Come the way? Come on. Exactly. And so then they're about to get freaky, and then they back up, and you hear this gross, like, like, yeah. yep, that sound effect. That's it, yeah. As she steps on a dead body, and then she turns around and goes, mm, he's kind of cute. <laughs> Who was that? No oh, questions asked. That's Sammy the Knife. That's the one thing I think is so fun, one out of a hundred things, is that Chantel's character is such a gold-digging character that she doesn't even care that he murders people no, or no. anything. Or later on when he leaves her, she doesn't think to go to the cops and be like, hey, this guy's murdering people. Go get him. You would think that she no. would have, because she seems But she's like an extortionist, smart... maybe. That's, yeah. you know. yeah. What is she spending the money on? I don't exactly? know. Her uh, shampoo for her boyfriend, who has Fabio-style nice locks. locks. yes. Yep, as they watch King Kong Lives. Uh, yeah, come on, you have the tape, you have the money. Leave Mark alone. You know, come on. I, I just thought it was, you know, and they got cock-blocked by a dead guy in the shower in the beginning. That was real sad. Yeah. And then he, he, he he's blue-balling a little bit, and the only way to get rid of that is a sweet gymnastics montage. Where he's clear- on that... Uh, <laughs> God. Clearly it's not him. What he's no, doing like that. What is that thing called? The uh, on the the bar- the the barrel? Is sure. Sure. When he's doing the barrel roll. Yeah, and he's doing the and his legs are yeah, flipping around. Like, flying over there. There's a there's a montage oh, it's so good. from uh from the office, oddly enough, that this reminded me of. They I don't know if they modeled it after this because there's like I mean a bunch of movies have done this, but you know, there's like sweat spraying everywhere. Or did they model like, this after Flashdance? They probably modeled it after Flashdance. Or is it Footloose? Yeah. Uh, but God, I love that scene. Clearly, it's so clearly not Mark. No, it's amazing. And yeah. then our next, our next scene is dudes' butts just hanging out, all four not dudes, a bunch of dude ass. Just I don't know where they're coming from. Where they all needed a shower before they're hit, like, and just be bare ass. <laughs> where to the are world. they? I have no idea because you never see this place again. No, they're in a locker room. Maybe it's in the gym where he's doing the gymnastics. <laughs> they met him there, and they just don't show you that the other guys are working out doing other extreme sports. And then they all shower, and then they all hang out, butts out to the world. Just that's to get the ladies in. I get yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. Because you know, otherwise, a girl, uh, your, your girlfriend might come to this movie and be like, "Man, this movie sucks." But then at the end, she'll at least remember four butts she you got have to the, see. You have the ass swiftly followed with a masturbation. Yes, joke. which <laughs> actually brings us to our first sound clip, which is the uh, oh. which is the jer- uh, which one did I label it as? It's jerking it or something like that, or. That's about right. Um, you, oh, that's not it. I gotta figure out. I can't. Where is it? I screwed this up completely. Fucking since I was ten. That's it. That's what? it. Oh, Fucking since I was ten. So yo, you gonna stand there and tell me you ain't never jerked your dick <laughs> in your whole life until last week? That's bullshit, man. I never needed to. I've been fucking since I was ten. <laughs> I actually, so, my my uh, my uh, doctor asked me if uh, I went in, you know, things were hurting, and yeah. he said, hey, Cameron, you know, you smoke it all, you drink it all. I said, no, no, I'm not really. I said, are you sexually active? And I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. Goes, yeah, do you ever, you know, help yourself out? And uh, he asked me this. I said, no, he asked me this. 
Yeah. Yo, you gonna stand there and tell me you ain't never jerked your dick in your whole life? It's like until last week? That's bullshit, man. I never needed to. Yeah. I've been fucking since I was ten. And, Seems uh, like yeah. uh, you know, physically impossible. I don't know if you can fuck when you're ten. I don't know. Well, you know, in the yeah. metaphorical sense. In the metaphorical yes. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if we have the fucking since I was 10 separated, but we'll find out. I think we do. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I, one of my first jobs was babysitting when I was a kid. Yeah. And when I was like 14, before I could get a legal job. And there's this one kid down the street who was a real asshole. And, uh, and he, was just, he just thought he was so cool. And somehow he found out through his grade school friends, through the middle school friends, that I had a girlfriend at the time and we hadn't even kissed yet. And he was like, come on, you big pussy. What are you doing? You haven't even kissed her yet? And he looked at me and, and I was like, oh, yeah, what kind of action have you gotten? What kind of action you gotten, little little Ricky or whatever your name was? And then he looks at me and he goes, I never needed to. I've been fucking since I was 10. I'm like, Jesus, you're 11? That's a year of fucking, man. You're already way ahead of me. I told his mom, and then she, she kind of clamped down on letting the ladies over. The door had to be open from <laughs> yeah. then on. The door had to be open from I then on. I don't know if you've ever been to, uh, there's a barcade downtown. 82? 82, yeah. yeah it's, 82 it's bar. Wonderful. Um, and uh, there, I, I, I honestly don't understand why this guy even said this to me. Mm-hmm. But I was uh, going up, they have the Simpsons arcade game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's like the four player one. You can uh, bart on the skateboard, you know it. Um, and, and I was playing with this guy next to me, and he's doing pretty good. And I was like, yeah. hey, you, you know, you learned all these moves. I'm like, how you learn this stuff? And he goes, yeah, you know, I've been doing this a long time. And I was like, have you ever used cheat codes? And he said, I never needed to. I've been fucking since I was ten. It's like whoa, whoa. Okay, he doesn't even. I don't need, understand. He doesn't. That's because he doesn't even Christ. need cheat codes for life. That's Because right. he's so fucking badass. He's been fucking since he was ten. It's like man. okay, all right, all right, all right. I don't know and how to top said, that one. That was fantastic. And then I said, "Hey, have you ever masturbated?" No, no, I didn't. Okay. I never needed to. There it is. I've been fucking. Since I was ten. So this is what like <laughs> Bokeem Woodbine, aka by the way, Crunch in this movie. Bokeem Woodbine in that uh, when they saw, shot that scene, he put uh, a bunch of socks in the front of his pants. Oh really? Yeah, that's but hilarious. I, that I love that. That's some sort of weird that trivia. That is the only fact on IMDb. Uh, <laughs> There's no the facts tri- about this movie at all. <laughs> Bokeem Woodbine stuffed his shorts. <laughs> That'd be an embarrassing fact to have out there. It's like, who the f- what horrible. dickhead crew person was like, hey, I'm going to put this on IMDb. Maybe he did it himself. Maybe he thought Maybe. it was funny. Maybe. <laughs> so that's the, Bokeem Woodbine, a.k.a. Crunch in this movie, for the rest of the film, the entire purpose he serves <laughs> is to talk about how ridiculous Melvin is for, being, for fawning over two women who are gold diggers, and he's, they're just sucking him dry, and he's like... Straight jacking is how you save the cream. Yes. We actually have that. Oh, let's just play straight play jacking because he says it. But the program, Mel. Straight jacking saves you that mad cream. The way he says it, he's like, get with the program, Mel. And then he goes, straight jacking. Get with the program, Mel. Just, straight jacking saves you that mad cream. And he is just so stoked. I was trying to make a... Try to think if I could fit a Mel's Diner reference in there with coffee creamer. Yeah, but Jesus, I don't think it's. I got. I just grossed myself out. You know, um, they do have. Uh, they sell crepes every once in a while at Mel's Diner. At Mel's? Yeah, and and there's there's whipped cream 
And at one point, they brought over the whipped cream can. <laughs> I'm really reaching for this. They brought over the whipped cream can, and, and Mel was actually there. He was serving, and he was very excited about this new crepe that they were serving. And they were all out of, they thought they were out of whipped cream. And I was like, no, 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 you're just not shaking the whipped cream hard enough. I was like, you got to jack that whipped cream to get it on the crepe. And I said to Mel, I looked at him, and I know you've been in business for 50 years now, or however long, and I said this. Jack and save you that mad cream. <laughs> I thought you were going to say flapjacking. Flapjacking. Uh, there's the Wu-Tang song, Cream, Cash Rules Everything Around Me. Cream, get the money, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. And it's interesting because I, I live my life by that, you know. And there, sure, There yeah. was a dark time when uh, I may or may not have stolen some movies from a blockbuster and then resold them to a neighbor kid. And, uh, you know, but that cash, it rules everything around me. And when the neighbor kid was like, do you feel bad about... Jack in those movies, I looked at him and I said, Jack and save you that mad cream. <laughs> and he gave me those that <laughs> three dollars for yes. those two VHS tapes. That is it right there. Stone Cold Thief right that here. That is it. That is not true. I've never stolen oh VHS but, tapes. But this is an example mm. yeah. about of of the thing I was saying earlier, which is you mm. make the choice for the characters oh, yeah. or the plot or whatever you want to make a choice about, and you do it. And that is it. And they go balls you out with it. Fucking do it, literally. And do not hesitate. Nope. And at the end of the day, we're even if we don't like the movie, which we love this movie. But if you were to watch a movie and not like, I mean, at least you can respect yeah. the fact that they made a strong choice. And in fact, while we're on the train of Jack straight Jack in it, yeah. we might as well play his third sound clip that we have because here's the thing: I had like seven sound clips from him, and then I realized the entire show would have just been about masturbation. Oh sure, yeah. Because all he talks about is that. There's a scene later on <laughs> after they've done the hit where he every time you see me is he's amazing. He's first he's using like just normal like grip buster whatever the weight things are that yeah. strengthen your grips then he has this contraption that's like a metal like um like a ring around it and has all these hoops with each of his fingers and he's squeezing it as he's talking to Mel on the phone this is later in the movie and he's like Mel you got to get out of there Cisco lied he's only looking out for himself he killed Gump they're coming after you and he's really intense as he's like strengthening his his jerk off muscle he's ambidextrous too yeah of course he does either and then you don't you see an off camera clerk hand him a bottle of lotion, and he gets real pissed about aloe vera. So if we can play the aloe vera clip. I said it should have some lanolin in it, not some goddamn aloe vera bullshit. Motherfucker, get it straight. The best thing is you hear it. Can we play that one more time? Because you hear in the background, and, and just mind you, all the ching, 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 ching that you hear is him just straight, just working that machine. Ready? Let's play it again. I said it should have some lanolin in it, not some goddamn aloe vera bullshit. Motherfucker. Get it straight. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. He gets full on John Travolta. Motherfucker. Oh, God. Oh, that's so good. Well, now that we've reached like the end guy. of our jerking off portion of the show, uh, we'll be right back. We'll be right back with a sponsor from Lanolin Lotion, not that aloe vera Do you bullshit. Masturbate? I don't. What, I don't even know what the difference between lanolin is. I don't know. Lanolin. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you stopped just. I was searching for it. La- uh, I, it would have been even better if you're like. Believe- Actually, I'm an expert at lanolin, but I don't want anyone to know this. <laughs> Pretty sure they have it in Mel's. Pretty sure, yeah. Mel's has like a straight jack and saves yeah. you that cream, Mel's. <laughs> so now we're gonna move on from that. They do this big hit. The first, the first scene in the movie, this first action sequence is bananas because God. it's so typical '90s action sequence where um, it's very stylized-ish, but in a poorly done way. Like yeah. 
He has the night vision on, and then he blinds him with the the, the, the flash grenade. And when he walks in, it's like this weird kind of like stutter film technique where they they think it looks cool, and just now it looks super shitty and hilarious. Yeah. But he goes through basically. Everybody else is hanging back. Uh, Cisco and Crunch are sitting there, Which, and he's like, way, "Non-dairy creamer," and yeah. they're like, "We got you covered." Shooting oh. bullets at who knows what. Yeah, uh, but how long have they been doing this? It's That's what years. I wanted to know. Is like, oh yeah, oh he, how long he didn't have catch they, on yet? Yeah, oh you mean how long have they been? Yeah, how long have they been doing this scam to him? Yeah. Where they just, I feel like it's what they've been doing since the beginning, and he's just he's but too nice. It all goes back to him being too nice. He and wants, not wanting to upset people. He and wants everybody to, to like him. Yeah, That's why. That's what. It That's is. what it is. He's a giant pushover and wants everyone to like him. Yeah. So I love the fact that somehow when he first busts in the room, the first thing he does is like this breakdance spin on the ground as he's shooting yes. dudes. And A, no one, this is the greatest thing about action movies. No one with their machine guns can shoot him as he's spinning in one set place. Well, I, I, understand if, I understand if he was spinning all around in figure eight, but he's spinning in one, on one pivot. That you just aim at the center of the pivot, and you can but kill actually him. Actually, fact about those guns they were yeah. using, though, yeah, is please. that where you're aiming, unless you reset this, it doesn't come factory. <laughs> it's actually two feet above oh, where the bullet... Oh, yeah, you if know, you look through the crosshair, the, I don't mean to be technical. The problem is that the bad guys never know to readjust and to calibrate their guns. Yeah, They're yeah. all... Everybody well, knows most factory of these guys issue. Were new. They were sweaty. They were nervous. They were super and they nervous. didn't realize what guns they were using. They were yeah. just using their own guns. It's okay. It's all right. I'll give them the benefit straight of the doubt. Straight Jack and saves you that cream. So straight Jack and saves Mark Wahlberg that cream because he's just dr- jacking these dudes left and right, spinning <laughs> around. Then he does that amazing like air jump thing that looks like a yeah. weird, lame roller skating trick. I wish I could jump. Pretty freaking cool. I don't up. know if I could do it in the studio without I, breaking something. I don't... But just imagine his legs go up like. Imagine these are my legs. He just hops up like this, and he's like, Yeah. How you hit anyone with a move like that? And also, it looked like he jumped off of a trampoline. Like, they were like, three, two, one. I'm pretty sure he did. He definitely did. It's incredible. Maybe he brought one. Yeah. He just had a trampoline. He had everything else in his pockets, including many grenades Grenades. and flashbangs and smoke grenades and... All kinds of things. I love the curtain pull. Oh, the curtain pull. That was one of my favorites. It doesn't make any sense. Because he throws a a smoke grenade, and then they're all like, we can't see. And he opens up one curtain, and you're like, oh, okay, now he can see, so that's why he shoots. But then he keeps going and opening. curtains. He keeps opening every other. As they're all going down the same hallway he's already shot at. So I don't know why he has to keep opening the curtains other than it just looks cool on camera. Yeah. Arguably, it looks cool on camera. I mean... Maybe Seeing about forty seconds straight of curtain pulling. You know, it's uh, it's pretty nineties. Yes, it's, it's pretty fantastic. And then when he rolls down the railing, like we talked about, is amazing. It reminds me of Chow Yun Fat and Hard Boiled when he gets on the railing <laughs> yes. and goes and just runs down it. Yeah, it's like an extreme version of that. I've done that before. I've done what Mark yeah. did in this movie before, just by accident. Did it end well? Uh, no, it hurt a lot. I imagine it would hurt a whole lot. I did it off of. Uh, uh, this is a true story. I'm not even. Telling a joke here, but I did uh, did it off a bunk bed, like the Ooh. ladder, and you just rolled that yeah. in the middle of the night. That is not good. I had yeah. a bunk bed when I was a kid, and and I I fell off. I got tangled up in it one time, and it was like a really lame bungee jump without the bungee <laughs> and without the jump. I just kind of fell and got tangled. <laughs> so it was neither. It was neither. So then, so this big this big thing have this big hit happens. Cisco screws him out of money because he, yeah. he pretends to 
that he was like, oh, he was still breathing, and I busted a, the last cap in that food. I know? am surprised that nobody else says anything to Cisco though, because I feel like they all go along with it. You, yeah, you'd think they'd get a cut or something, right? Right. Yeah, something. What do they get out of it other no. than being like, ah, we're being an asshole to this guy? I don't know, because I don't like any of them except Mark Wahlberg in the beginning, because they all seem like jerks, and then yeah. later on. Everybody but Cisco is cool. Cisco's yeah. the crazy one. So you think they're all going to turn against him? Yeah, but but they don't. No. So they're okay with petty thief, uh, petty theft from one of their teammates, but not not you know murdering each other. I guess. Uh, so they well, draw I the line. Fair. They, they draw have, the line. They have a line. Okay. It's drawn. So then Mel goes home. We meet Christina Applegate, and she's already like talking about. She's like, "Does my ass still look firm?" I and, thought they were brother and sister. <laughs> It did seem like that at first, and then when he started grabbing her ass, it was real. It does seem like that. Because she said, Mom and Dad are coming over later, and yeah. I was like... <laughs> so Mark Wahlberg, what there the like, fuck oh, is going on? Oh, guys, this is a bad choice. Your the... first girlfriend is demanding $25,000. Your second one is related abusive. to you. Your second one is related to you. She is not. Just to clear up for those of you who haven't seen this. I was scared. It was his in-laws that, yes, that are yes, coming yes. in. And... Uh, Elliot Gould, I believe, is the one of them. And then the other woman from My Big Fat Greek Wedding 1 and 2. Yes. The cinema classics. Yes. But he gets a call from one of my favorite cameos ever as the big top video employee calls. Because we all got these. If you were a child of the 80s or 90s, some of you don't even know what video... Well, in, in about five to ten years, people may not even know what video stores are. Or were, there's, I should there's say. There's not very, very few many left. of them around. And even even further back, people won't know what VHS tapes are like they had in this movie. Yeah. And the whole thing about Be Kind Rewind and, like, your tape's overdue, you have late fees. Nobody knows what any of that stuff means anymore. Yeah. And so, for me, this just being a child of that era and getting these annoying calls from the employees, like... Your video's overdue. I used to have recurring nightmares about late fees. That's how stressed out too. they made me. I did, too. Where and I'd be like, I forgot a video store. under my seat or something for like three weeks, and I was yes. like, oh my god, I owe like $75. My mom would accidentally put them in like the, the thing under the TV where we kept the other, like the Disney yeah. movies and stuff. She'd put it in there and be like, we'll return this next week. A month or two would go by, Oof. find it. Stressful. You'd owe so much. Late fees got ridiculous. Christ, they were like five dollars a day at one. Blockbuster point. ended up getting sued because late fees were so ridiculous. Because yeah. people, I used to work at a video store. I worked at a Blockbuster and a Video Time. Yeah, uh, it was a, a little mom and pops chain. And I remember people would. I'd have to. I actually had to be this person. So the very person I hated, I became. I became How dare you what be? I hate. Yeah. And I had to call people. Usually for Video Time, it was adult videos that people had out and I'd okay. have to be like uh, you have one of our adult films out and they'd be like what film? <laughs> what film? And I'd have to be like well it's one of our adult films and they're like which one is it? And, and I have a line of customers I'm like uh, it's um, <clears throat> uh, Busta Nut and Grandma's Butt and they'd be like oh shit alright I'll bring it back and that literally was a title. I'm not making that up one of the titles of something that was out don't I will never. Google it. Don't will, Google don't, it to confirm. I've never I've never seen the cover of it because when it was returned, I made someone else put it back on the shelf. <laughs> yes. But f as, as long as I live, I will never forget the title that I will not mention again because it was so gross. But oh, yeah, there, another one was Large Ladies. That's and it? I don't mean well it's endowed. very undescribed. I don't mean well endowed. <laughs> I mean gigantic. And yeah, so I had to become this person. Anyways, long tangent. Jack and saves you that mad cream. Yes. That's, that's what happens when you're when into you're, granny porn. Yeah. So, Big Top Video Guy calls. So, we're going to go into this now. Big Top Video Clip. It's the, uh, your late King Kong Lives. Hello? Melvin Smiley, please. This is he. 
Mr. Smiley, big top video. We're going to inform you that you've had our copy of King Kong Lives out for over two weeks now. Return it immediately, or we will have you killed. Just for the record, as an employee of two video stores, we were never allowed to threaten to kill our customers if they didn't. We actually had to be very that nice about it. That was in the bylaws? It. it was like, you know, they said, don't insult them or their movie taste, and don't threaten to kill them. That was it, you know. I had one guy insult my movie taste. Really? Yeah. Like get real condescending, like a like, like a like an Apple Store rented, worker, like a Genius Bar worker. Yeah, it was like you rented the Adventures of Pluto Nash, and, and you're in, late. And you're, you still have it. Oh. And I'm like, uh, yeah. No, but what was great? What about a this condescending video asshole! Story? I know. Uh, like when you go to the Genius Bar, mm, you still have this iPad? Yeah, you have the 2009 second generation MacBook Pro. Yeah, because it still works, you fucker. I don't buy into your buy a new thing every six months. Cause <laughs> Return it, has... it immediately or we will have you killed. But that kid, I love that kid. I, Danny Smith was his name. Uh, I think that he thought that he was in an animated movie. I think so, yeah. He sounds like a character from, you know... Uh, Zootopia or something like yeah, it's hilarious. It's like Mar- Mark is for he's like hello and he's like Mr. Melvin Smith. Listen, yeah. oh, and then his reaction is even it's very Jim Carrey. Or we will yes. have you killed. <laughs> yes, it's like this kid mm-hmm. wanted to be Jim Carrey. He did so bad, and he did it well. So now we get to the point where he's Mark Wahlberg, Melvin Smiley is under financial ruin right now, which I don't buy his stakes with that at all. Oh man, I can't give money for my fiance because and she's she's just she just lets me grab her ass and her parents are really annoying and, and I can't she might get, be my sister and she might be my sister in another movie, but I can't give money to my girlfriend Chantel. She's so nice to me. Oh wait, no, she's not. It's like it doesn't make any sense no. why he's so stressed and he's drinking Maylocks all because the time because his parents are dead. Yeah, and he's afraid of being alone. There was something in there. They said they had a whole backstory to why he was so afraid of being alone and all that. And they were like, "Well, due to budgetary and time constraints, we yes. cut that." And I'm like, "What? Okay, so just for the future, Hollywood, if ever you're like, hey, man, we don't have a lot of budget on this. We have limited time. What can we cut?'" Just a thought, maybe the lead character's backstory that helps you understand his entire worldview might not be the first thing you should put on the chopping block. I don't know. Just saying. We need the uh, we need the masturbation. We stuff. really need. I think the backstory it's kind of a toss away. I assume they also cut what Vince's thing was that he had because they always say he's like I got that thing this weekend and then they never yeah. explain what the thing is. Yeah, I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is cutting a main character's backstory so we can have more yeah. jerk off jokes. But it's fine. So he goes on this hit, or they, they they convince him to kidnap the daughter of this Japanese filmmaker, who Jiro Nishi, and he's made a movie. Written by himself, directed by himself, starring himself in it, <laughs> called Taste the Golden Spray. The movie is called Taste the Golden Spray, and it has this amazing, like, fake romance novel cover to it. It's, oh, man. You, and it he almost looks like a, uh, uh, what is it called when you have a, a guy that has half a horse body? A minotaur. minotaur. He looks he almost, almost like, looks a minotaur, like a minotaur, because he's that, yeah, perfect, and yeah. it's ridiculous. And we find out that... Uh oh! These this daughter that they're going to kidnap because he has millions. This millionaire no longer has any millions, and so they're going to be screwed. Because he bet it all. Because he bet it all on 
taste the golden spray. And all of the all I of love the, that their uh, choice is basically a, piss, a a sexual piss joke is what it is. A golden know, shower and joke. And I like that that when they're talking about that the the little hidden gem that comes up later is the fact that they spent all of the money based on the advertising. Yep, the golden and uh, the stand-ups that they the put standing, in the movie theaters. The golden medal stand-ups for the theaters. Yes. And, and when I watched that scene early on, I was like, oh, why did they? And why did they pick something more interesting to, to lose all of the money on, like special effects? But right? that's why, because then it, it pays off it's so in the last three minutes. God. So they kidnap uh, China Chow, aka Keiko. And um, some of my favorite moments begin to play out where yeah. she gets kidnapped. And she, first off, she has this guy that just tags along. That I don't know if she, he's like a study partner or just a random rapey douchebag because it escalates quickly. He's sitting on the bench and he's rubbing her leg. Then he gets in the car and he's like, no, me. He says no means yes, which yeah, is. He literally says there's that. no. And then he says like fucky sucky long time. So he goes from. Creepy to douche to rapey to super racist rapey guy. Yeah. Real quick. And then Mark Wahlberg, rightfully so, rolls down the window and he's like, hey, fuck you, you give me some privacy, and then shoots him in the head. I was so happy. I was so happy. You know, if you're a rapey racist, you deserve to be shot in the head by Melvin Smiley. I'm just saying. He got his just desserts. Yeah. And then she's really not that stressed out about the fact that a guy just got his head blown off. I think that's understandable. I think, yeah, I mean, maybe. You're in a comfortable situation. Yeah. Right? You're in a comfortable in the sense that you're used to being in a limousine. Yeah, maybe she thought he was just helping at first. And you're like, okay, this is my limousine. Oh, oh. creepy guy, gone. Oh, well, okay. there we go. Now okay. it's back to, back my to business. Yeah. Until Cisco comes in with the tape recorder, and you have, oh, I forgot <laughs> about this. I forgot about uh, Gump when he's first introduced. The together non word remembering clip. Can we play that one, Zach? Non word remembering. It says, uh, Gump intro. There we go. That's it. I don't want no fuck ups on this kidnapping boy. Oh, come on, yo. I ain't like that no more, kid. Yo, you know I got my shit uh, 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 together. You got your shit together, you non word remember motherfucker. That is the setup for his character, you non word remember motherfucker. It's so good. And his, and like you said, they go full out with it, where he cannot remember the world. It'd be different if it was like he was trying to figure out, like, like uh, uh, lugubrious or some kind of like or or uh, razel fine sangling or some kind of like technical thing which is not a real thing what I just said no it is yeah but it's like he can't remember together he can't remember like trace the he can't remember deliver he can't remember just simple words this guy's an idiot (laughs) this guy's a complete idiot that they're that they got this intel about kidnapping from so we already know they're in for a long you know a long ride so like we said China Chow gets kidnapped, a.k.a. Yep. Keiko. I like just calling her China Chow, though. It's more fun. China Chow. And so we have the Meryl Streep improv, improv sound clip where she's reading this note that Crunch has written, and it's misspelled completely. It's it's just the grammar's all off, and she's reading it word for word, and Cisco's getting pissed. So he's like, don't just re- read what it's supposed to say. And then he says this Meryl Streep improv clip. It says businesses. That's what it says. You told me to read the note. You never said to improv it. Oh, improv. What are you, Meryl fucking Street? Okay, improv the note. These sexually frustrated, degenerate losers mean business. Don't, don't, don't improv the note. Don't improv the note. Don't, don't, don't improv the note. Everybody knows don't improv the note. Meryl Street was key in the invention of improv That's comedy. That's my favorite. That's my, of all people to, to pick. What are you, Meryl Streep? 
Did she fucking stream? Did she have a run of improv comedies in the nineties that I'm not aware of? I think. Well, I saw her perform at UCB pretty regularly in '93. Don't don't what are you Meryl Streep? Don't improv. (laughs) Yeah, improv the fucking note. It's such a funny bit, and then it comes back later as a callback joke when he's like. When he's calling uh, Jiro, and he's like, we got your daughter. We got your daughter. Listen, these degenerate morons mean business. And he's like, no, motherfucker. And he keeps... And so, Jiro, I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but Jiro, when he finds out that... First off, they get they get Gump after this. They they let uh, Mel take China Chow and, and keep her in his place with the smelly at the dead... Bo- at the house. With the smelly dead body, in-laws, yeah. his fiance, and now a kidnap Which victim. Is- Awesome. Really awesome. It Hilarity ensues, quite literally. Which, by the way, uh, real quick, before we yes. move on too far, uh, the tape recorder. Yes. I don't know if you heard, the very last thing on it hmm. was his shopping list. <laughs> so good. It was so funny. It's so good. It's like shoe polish and, and then cut it off. <laughs> so, oh, man. Okay. So they, so they call Jiro, and Jiro's in the middle of a very dramatic sepulchre c- ceremony where he's about <laughs> to cut, he's about to disembowel himself like an Akira Kurosawa <laughs> And he's like, and the phone rings, and he's like, what the fuck? And he swears in Japanese and picks it up. And, and uh, Gump has assured Cisco that he's they can't trace you because we got the trace buster and he's like well what if they what if they got a trace buster well then I got this shit right here so the trace buster busts the trace kind of like star 67 did yeah. back in the day if yeah. you star 69 somebody which by the way weird choice of letters star I don't 69 understand. yeah all right so what if they got a trace buster too huh yo 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 that's why I got this trace buster buster see when a motherfucker try to bust your trace with a trace buster this motherfucker is gonna bust the motherfucking trace that's busting, y'all. Uh, uh, uh. Trace, that's my word. Play up. How did he forget Trace when he l- just said it literally 12 times? <laughs> a trace buster, bust your motherfucking Trace, and then you get the Trace buster, 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 to bust the Trace, and then that's what's going to happen, and it busts your, uh, oh, fuck, I was just saying it, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn it, what was it? Oh, it's so good. The Trace buster, and I love that it's, Everything they decide, like you, that's a perfect example again of everything they do in this movie. They do full out, like the ridiculous yes. nature. Where then we find out Jiro has a trace buster, and later on he has a trace buster, buster, buster. It's like a super one. super trace buster. It's amazing. So we'll skip ahead a little bit because we are we've talked so much about jerk straight jacking it <laughs> that we only have about seven minutes left. But so basically the middle section of the movie we can skip around a little bit because the in laws come yeah. and he's drunk and and he's just his father in law is constantly trying to get a drink. A lot of religious his things. His mother in law is super into the fact that he's he's Catholic and not Jewish. Yeah. And um, then there's the scene where the dead body parts. The, he he goes to throw them out just in his front yard. Like, well, I gotta get rid of these so the in-laws don't see them. So I'll throw them out in my front lawn because the trash man won't smell Hiding anything. Hiding in plain the, sight, Ben. Yeah, I guess so. And then he leaves him by the trash can because he sees Keiko running around. So he's like, oh, shit. And then he goes, all right. I, and then the, a dog, the neighbor dog comes by and, of course, just starts just trying to get at that human jerky. And then, um, then we have the sound clip where... Mark Wahlberg shoves Keiko into the bathroom, and then Christina Applegate comes by. Yeah. Pamela. And he's like, oh, no, baby, it smells in there. And can we play the stinky poo-poo clip, yeah. please? Hey, honey. Oh, you don't want to go in there. Yeah, you don't want to use it. No, it smells really bad. Stinky poo-poo. 
How he says that. How he says that is so good. Can we just play Stinky Poo Poo again? Stinky what? It's interesting because I thought that that was just a. Th- I did. That must have been incepted in my brain years ago. Because now, anytime, too much information, fine, whatever. Anytime fine. I go to the bathroom and my wife goes to use it shortly after me, I always come out and I go, oh, no, no, baby. Stinky. What? And she goes, okay. Because, you know, it's a way to make it sound adorable instead of, I just, actually, you know what I really say? I, I use Beastie Boys. I go, I just dropped in there. <laughs> Drop. Yes. No, but stinky poo-poo just makes it sound was, so uh, adorable. That was my first word. Stinky poo-poo. Yeah, my dad was going, dad, 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 and I go, stinky what? <laughs> he was very disappointed Stinky poo-poo. From that moment on. Stinky poo-poo. So <laughs> now we... Stinky what? Stinky poo I like how under his breath... You know what? Stinky poo-poo. Sometimes my ad-libs on this show are a little bit... Stinky what? Poo-poo. What? You know? What? Stinky poo-poo. So then they have this... They basically the rest of the movie is building up that the bag that the hitman boss, it's his goddaughter that was kidnapped, and now he's high. He's trying to figure it out. So they get the trace buster, 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 and basically Gump picks up, and then they go after him. But before that, we're building up Melvin's relationship with China Chow, aka Keiko, mm-hmm. and they have this like adorable pizza eating sequence. Yeah, and then fear. they have a. Then he, she's like, I'll help you cook this kosher meal for your in-laws because yeah. they're jerks or whatever, and you want to impress them. And there's this really sexual, weird turkey scene where it's just the gr- <laughs> Do your sound effects. It's just this, and they're like, oh, so what else about your life? Oh, oh, okay. And just, like, hands are going all over it and just massaging it and just shoving in. It's obscene. This movie could have gotten an R rating just for the turkey I scene alone. I always do that on first dates. You know, you just, if, you, if you see how your significant other bastes a turkey, that's even more sexual. Did you notice that? At the, the end, at the end, he squirts the turkey baste on her leg and goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I made yeah. a mess. You know what he did? He looked at it and he goes, oh. Jack and saves you that mad queen. <laughs> on it, Zach. And then she said, stinky poo-poo. Stinky poo-poo. So it's a really, I mean, it is a lot of turkey baste that he, he just straight jacks on her. And uh, so now they build this relationship. You kind of get the fact that they're falling in love, even though I guess she's a college student, but she very much looks like she's in high school. She was originally, originally supposed to be in high school, intentionally it, as a homage to Asian schoolgirls in anime cartoons. Super creepy. And they decided against that, which super is a smart idea. Smart idea. What is acceptable in other cultures may not he, be in ours. <laughs> I never needed to. I've been fucking since I was 10. <laughs> so, now we got to skip ahead cuz we only, we've talked so much. Stinky poop. We only have a few minutes left and Zach's going to kick us out of here. So, uh, they basically they show up in the house like we said, minivans blazing, yeah, all these hitmen everywhere. All these Chrysler's bust in. He just he blasts the hell out of them. Basically breaks up with Pamela aka Christina Applegate. Yeah. They somehow disappear. We never see them again. And him and his buddy, him and Cisco are squaring off. And he's like, I thought we were friends, Cisco. And he says, I still love you. Can we play that clip? Still love you, baby? baby. We're still friends. I just need a little space right now. I still love you, baby. And I love it. He kisses the gun and then bam, 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 bam. Oh, they're shooting up the place. Shooting in the blind. They get out. He gets in his sports car. He drives off. And then they have this amazing chase sequence that all ends with all four of the cars ending up in the same spot where it's the Hitman boss and Jiro, it's Chantel and her Fabio boyfriend, yeah. it's Mark Wahlberg and Cisco in Hot Pursuit. Yeah. Car crashes ensue. It's perfect. And then 
Mark Wahlberg and China Chow are making out, and they think they've gotten away from everything, and he gets slammed into from behind, and then <laughs> somehow, somehow the car precariously ends up on a tree branch over a cliff, and then Cisco then proceeds to fight them through the woods and drive through the woods in his car miles, it looks like. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's the greatest sequence ever, where the video falls out. Oh, because he was going to return the video. He was going to return the video, and that's why they stopped. Yeah, because when he hit hit, uh, Chantel and the briefcase fell out. Yep, and he gets the briefcase, he gets the video. He's got a gun. So then they slam down. Somehow his car launches onto this tree that's miles away from Cisco. Yeah. And Cisco and him are, he's Very driving, far. he's chasing. The best scene in the entire movie is when Cisco is revving the car engine on the hill and Mark Wahlberg's looking at King Kong Lives and he just has to get that tape. <laughs> yes. And he runs up to it, grabs it, and Cisco barrels down after him. And then the car crashes against the mountain where it ends up just below. Where his car landed on the... Ch- the geography of this makes no it's sense. very confusing. Makes no sense. Apparently there's like a wormhole where they are. Yeah. And just items end up wherever they need to for and the, the plot. And the wormhole all leads to the video story. Yep. Because then the, the car crashes down. You think Cisco's dead. It blows up upon impact like every action movie ever. Yeah. Mark Wahlberg goes to return it. He has the... Uh, he finally has the... the, uh, the Square off with the big top video guy who's like, Ooh, the tape's not rewound. That's gonna cost you. Oh, mama, what's this? Tape's not rewound. Oh, that's gonna cost you. Did they charge people for they, that? Oh, yeah, there was, I didn't a, know that. there was like a 39, it was like a ridiculous, like a dollar 39 fee. Anyways, we gotta start wrapping this up because they're gonna yell at us. Yeah. But it ends in this epic fight sequence in a video store where Cisco has these two knives and he's just slashing away. And they end up, he gets stabbed in the chest, and we'll end it on Cisco's <laughs> beautiful monologue, Ain't That a Bitch. Cisco dies, uh, Cisco dying to his well, friend. Ain't that a bitch? All I wanted to do was to sell my boat, man. You know? The music. Navigate by the stars. See dolphins racing alongside you. Maybe even kill a few of them. <laughs> His dying wish is to kill dolphins. Yo, Mel. I could almost see it, man. It's fucking beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. I love this. Long story short, he Mel, can't see it anymore. Mel uh, kills him, and yeah. the place blows up, and Mel hides under the Giro, uh, the Taste the Golden Spray the golden metal spray. display. He ends up... Posing as the limo, or, or Vince comes back, helps him pose as the limo driver, and him and China Chow ride off, sail off into the sunset yeah. on Cisco's boat. Yeah. But isn't that fucking beautiful, that it's ending? Oh, so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's perfect. I, it's what Cisco ended up wanting in the you end. You know, I know we didn't get to talk about the action sequences as much as I'd like, because there's just so much awesomeness. I could talk about this movie for an hour and a half. Yeah. Because, you know, straight jacking is just how you get that cream. <laughs> That's just what happens, you know? If that's if there's anything you should learn, kids at home, straight jacking is how you save that cream. Jacking saves you that mad cream. Oh, God. I hate myself for saying that so much. Stinky poo-poo. Stinky poo-poo. That was a stinky poo-poo way to end the show. Hey, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we have time for because they are kicking us out. Until next time, we don't know our movie yet, but we will let you know on Twitter. But please, come... Oh, that's gonna... 
Kostya. <laughs> Comment below on the YouTube video. Make sure you go on iTunes, rate us, give us a good review. Uh, one review, one good review goes a long way. Yes. Also, you can tweet at us your suggestions. We love hearing from you. The big, the big hit was a suggestion, and we had a blast talking about this. So please keep them coming in. We like it. That's what we're talking about, baby. Yeah, stinky poo poo. Stinky poo poo. You can follow me at, at the Ben Begley. Also, the movie my wife and I co-wrote, The Funhouse Massacre, is at Funhouse Mass and FunhouseMassacreMovie.com. Coming out June 7th on VOD and DVD. Check it out or add it to your Netflix queue. If you don't have the cash, you can at least do that. Five seconds, and it really helps out. Appreciate it. Where can they find you? The only camshaft Twitter and Instagram, mm-hmm. and at GuiltyMovieGuys is the Twitter handle, hashtag GMP. Yep. That's it. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, what is your Guilty Movie Pleasure? From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Christian Harloff, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the owners or principals. Jack and saves you that mad cream.